files i am your host nick joined by chrissy because if you're not following the vile files on instagram go ahead and give us a follow uh we'll be doing some cool things on there be sure to check that out uh as well as some uh, fun interactive things with our ask nick episodes oh what a great episode uh ali webb uh joins us ali webb for those of you who don't know is a uh, very successful and wonderful businesswoman she uh, founder of dry bar also a shark from time to time a guest shark on shark tank uh, and we talk a lot about uh, women in the workforce, second chances, dating, divorce, uh, having a relationship with working ex- with someone you're married to. Yeah, working with someone you're married to. Yeah, actually, a lot of fun, a lot of fun episode. Also, uh, she is one of Ben's clients, Ben from uh, Tasha's Season. So uh, I think that's it. Let's go ahead, give us a follow. On Allie, thanks for joining. Thanks for having so me. So nice to have you on. For starters, uh, I just want to tell you that I, I've been to one of your dry bars. <laughs> you mentioned that you have a dry bar story. So well, I, I, you know, uh, I was in New York and I was at a hotel and I was. Parker I think Meridian? I, I don't remember. I was where I was like by the water. I don't know where I was. <laughs> that's a little vague. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's a little vague. But I mean, the only hotel that we're in in New York City is the Parker Meridian. Wasn't in a hotel. Oh, you were just I, near. I needed hairspray for some reason. Were you at, were you at like like Lower East, like Ludlow? Because we're we're just right across from that. I mean, we have like fifteen or twenty locations in New York. Okay, so yeah. This is gonna so be I tough. was at one of them. Okay. And it, anyways, it. I, I you walked I, in for hairspray. I went in a hairspray. Guy so into I, a bar. I Google. No, it's funny because I'm like, <laughs> hey, I need some hairspray. And you know, obviously, if you have never been you to a dry use bar. Hairspray? Uh, sometimes, usually not, but for whatever reason, I don't remember why I required hairspray that day. I okay. have curly hair. I think I maybe I wanted that. to yeah. straighten it a, a little bit. And uh, anyways, I, mean, I that's walked. That's the whole reason dry bar exists, by the way, because I have curly hair and wanted it straight. Is that why? Yeah, I mean, it's a longer story, but yes. How fortuitous I that I needed to <laughs> keep my hair straight. So I found a dry bar found me, really. I And I walked in. They were Their customer service was fantastic, but I was Happy like, I, was, I just need some <laughs> spray you're like well fine but let us did you get like your hair washed and blown out no oh that would have been an even better story that would have yeah but if okay. i like got because i mean guys do go in not a lot i mean i feel like it's like it is more like new york or like west hollywood where we have guys that come in who have longer hair and want it blown out because you know if like for example if your hair was long you might want it blown straight since it's curly. How did you get the idea for dry bar? Well, because I mean, I've been do I've been a professional hairstylist for I don't even know how many years now, twenty years. Really? But, mm-hmm. that, that, okay. Well. Yeah. Well, I started when I was like in my early twenties. I'm in my mid forties. Doing now. hair. Yeah, because well, I grew up in South Florida, and the if you've ever lived in South, if you've ever been to Florida, it's very very humid, uh, and it's terrible for your hair. Yes. My hair was like curly frizzy hair and I hated it as a kid and I couldn't like manage it and it just was always this thing that bugged me and same (laughs) is it human in Wisconsin in the summer yeah Yeah. but so you know it was just this thing that always bugged me and like you know long very long story short and just not knowing what I wanted to do with my life and you know I always just had this like there was this like seed I think planted in me when I was a kid that I just was so envious of how you know 
I'm really dating myself, but like the Christy Brinkley's and Cindy Crawford. Do you even know who those people are? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> um, you know, I'm old enough. <laughs> an appropriate age. <laughs> they had like this beautiful bouncy hair. And, and truly as a kid, I was like, how in the world did they get their hair to look like that? My hair doesn't look like that. And I can't figure out how to get it to look like that. And it was just always this thing that I was like personally obsessed with, with, you know, fast forward to all these years later. And, you know, I went to college for like a second. I did college wasn't for me. And then I moved to New York City and I lived in New York and thought I wanted to work in fashion. And, and I did that for a while. And then that didn't work out you know it's like I wanted it to and or I just realized that wasn't what I wanted to do and so I went to beauty school in my like early 20s and like completely fell in love with it and learned how to blow up my own hair and just loved everything about the industry and you know proceeded to work in salons and do hair for a long time until I met my now ex-husband in New York City and then we moved to LA we had two kids I have two boys who are now 13 and 15 um and I was a stay-at-home mom for about five years. And then after being a stay-at-home mom for about five years, I was like, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. I need to get out there and do other things. And so I started a mobile blow-dry business. And that was probably in 2008, um, 2009. A mobile blow-dry business. Yeah, so I was basically like running around LA blow-drying all my mommy friends. Because at that point, I had just moved from New York. And I only really was like, I was in like the mom, the LA mommy culture because I had babies and that that's how i made all my friends i've dabbled in the mommy uh, la culture i have you some have? No, I have some, <laughs> there's you know, so many friend. ways to take that sentence right now <laughs> i'm like um i uh yeah no i have uh, friends who are in the la mommy world and uh i've you know as some of them are bachelor fans so like i've i've, I've been introduced to many moms it's funny i mean not i don't know how much you like talking about the bachelor world but i ironic it, well it's funny because this interview popped up for me and then yesterday i on my podcast raising the bar we interviewed dale moss who's on the seasons oh, of sure, bachelorette yeah, yeah. and my trainer is ben smith who is on the show right now as a bachelor and i'm like there's so much ben's your trainer yeah and my <gasps> friend and interesting and i know he's so cute but there's but it's just like the bachelor universe is like consuming you and then they're like, oh, you're going to go, you know, sit down with Nick. And I was like, Nick, the bachelor guy. And it's like, not that you're, you're so much more than that. I didn't mean to say it like that. Please keep talking. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. Stop talking now. No. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, you know, there's, there must be something in the well, air. Do you have a Ben story? Ben Smith? Yeah. Well, just that I started. Tea, dirt, whatever. No, no, I don't really. I just, my, a girl that I was working with who's like a nutritionist, like coach kind of thing you know, wanted to get me started, like starting on a workout routine and introduced, started me at this place called Deuce, which is a gym, like a local West Hollywood gym, but they're, they're not open right now, obviously because of COVID. So they've been training outside at Pan Pacific Park. And so Ben is one of the guys who does all the training. So I've been doing that for the last three months. And then he was like, oh, by the way, I'm on the bachelorette this season. I'm like, oh no shit. You know, I should go watch that so I can see you. I haven't really watched it he's doing quite well he is doing well yeah he is doing well yeah he really dropped some very stuff vulnerable that last few weeks Telling yeah no stories. it's great i'm very proud of him it's it's uh i think he he's doing really well yeah. so yeah so that's it i don't really have any dirt on ben that's fine we like ben i mean like not that we want <laughs> any stories like anecdotal like no he's just like a really nice guy you know i mean yeah the he, person ben not you know because yeah, no. i'm sure we get to know the reality tv 
Well, I mean, I've only watched, I mean, I've really just watched, you know, the small little snippets of him on TV, but he's just, he's really sweet. And um, like, he really loves what he does with like training people. Um, And yeah, super, super personal, easy to talk to you. Like, I think a lot of what you see on TV is like really kind of how he is in real life. Yeah. So we're seeing what you see is what you get. What we're seeing is the person that he is. There's And I even said to him after I saw the episode where he talks about the suicide and all that I was like it was so sweet and like just how you told me the story it wasn't like it was not like for tv version you know so yeah he's a great guy back to uh back mobile, to me mobile sorry, blow drying <laughs> uh, yeah. that in the mommy the mommy world yeah so I, you know I was like really just looking for something to do to get out of the house and do something for myself I you know I thought I always wanted to I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and just stay with the kids. And then, like I said, after five years of that, I just got the itch to do something for myself. So I posted on like all these mommy blogs and whatever that I was going to, you know, come to your house and blow dry your hair for $40 while your baby's sleeping. Like that was like the big business plan. And sure enough, women started calling me and... But you were the one doing it. I was the one doing it. And I, you know, I wanted to do it. It was like a way, you know, to get out of the house for a couple hours and make Mm -hmm. some extra cash. And, you know, between gas and driving around LA, I'm not sure I actually made any money. But it was, it was perfect for me at the time because it got me like, you know, doing my own thing and talking to women and not just talking to my children and being at the park all day. Mm -hmm. So... Anyways, it was during that time that I realized like there's a pretty big hole in the marketplace and there's no place like Dry Bar, which obviously didn't exist then or anything like it, where you can go in for a great blowout at an affordable price, you know, in a beautiful setting. It just there was nothing like it. And I thought surely there was enough women who lived in L.A. who, I, you know, I got really busy really fast. And I was like, you know, I could only handle so many blowouts a day because I still had to go pick up my kids and whatever. So I was like, there must be like an opportunity here to have like a brick and mortar instead of me running around town going to women's homes have them start coming to me and so that's what you know I kind of set out to do and I got my ex-husband who's like a creative genius he's worked in advertising big advertising agencies his whole life and my brother who's like kind of the business side of things and I and they're both bald too by the way ironically and I got them both involved and said hey I want to you know turn my mobile business into a brick and mortar will you help me and and they were all in and and so you know the rest is kind of history very cool we have a lot of moms and 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 wives uh who listen to this show and we often get people who ask questions around reinventing themselves Mm. um overcoming adversity things like that uh i find that so many people men or women once they get into their 20s especially if you're like from like the Midwest or like the South mm. or there's this idea that like once you're 20 and then you like find love and you have a kid that like, that's your life. Yeah. And no I mean, matter what, like, me. yeah. and, and it's truly kind of scary to reinvent yourself, to take a risk, to, to, to realize that you will, you have so, so much more life, hopefully yeah. to, to live. Like, what advice or, or what was it for you that gave you kind of that courage to try to do this? I mean, I know you mentioned like you got a little antsy and you were kind of tired yeah. of maybe just going to the park, but a lot of people feel that way, but don't doubt take their, the plunge. don't take the plunge or yeah. doubt their ability to do it. Uh, you know, you know, what were some of the things that you found that helped you motivate you or were you scared or, or, or were you just like, oh, I'm just going to do this? Well, my parents were entrepreneurs. So I grew up in a very like entrepreneurial environment. And I, you know, for me, it's like I've always been a 
kind of a risk taker and follow like what feels right and you know I kind of glossed over but as you know as I was growing up in my early 20s I moved a lot around a lot I was you know a hairstylist I owned my brother and I when I was living in New York I was working for a fashion designer and then we moved back to South Florida and opened up a couple of stores there and then you know and that's kind of when I made the decision to go to beauty school and even after working in the hair industry for years and I pivoted again and ended up taking a job in PR this was all when I was still in New York just because for me I've always been very like follow what like kind of gets me excited to get out of bed in the morning what kind of lights me up and so you know I think this dry bar thing and you know the the, the reason I started the mobile business was because I wasn't to your point feeling fulfilled I got married I had babies and I thought that's what I wanted my life to be and then I realized that it wasn't what I wanted my life to be entirely so I you know searched for something else and I was like hey this is and that's where I think the entrepreneurial spirit comes in with my parents you know having their own business it's like for me it's like it wasn't I was like oh I'm just gonna do this thing and start this business and you know not I didn't think much about it and it was just like a means to you know to to fill this like itch that I had or scratch this itch that I had. Um, and and I think that, you know, that's kind of what has always guided me is this like, you know, not allowing myself to do something that like people think I should be doing, you know, to really do what I want to do. And mm. and for me, it was like, you know, starting the mobile business was, was something I wanted to do for myself. And then realizing there was this opportunity for Dry Bar was just like, that felt like what was next. And I think I've always kind of been guided by that. I need to kind of do what, what I really love to do. And I think a lot of people, you know, get really kind of bogged down in this like, oh, you know, I can't do this because this isn't like what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's this weird, you know, I think it's also too like, you know, a lot I hear from a lot of women who want to start their own business, but they have a pretty good job and they're making mm -hmm. pretty decent money. Yeah. But they're like, but this is not my real passion this is not what I want to be doing, but I don't want to leave all this money. And I, you know, so it's like, for me, I've always just, like I said, been, been really like driven and like led by my passion and what I want to do. And that's kind of the best advice I give people is like, you got to just follow. I, you know, I really believe in following like what makes you feel excited because life is short, you know, and it's like to, to be doing something that you're not all in on is like, Nothing like sleeping on the most comfortable mattress in the world, like Helix Sleep. And the best thing about having Helix Sleep is how easy it was to get the mattress that was perfect for me. I did that by taking their online quiz that was very short, brief, but very informative so they could align me with the perfect mattress. Now me, I'm a side sleeper. I got the midnight mattress. And uh, their, uh, their quiz helps to help you figure out like how you sleep, what your habits are, what your comfort style is, whether you have a partner, whether you uh, fall asleep right away, stuff like that. Am I right, Chris? Anything I'm missing in terms of what their quiz yeah, offers? Yeah, but they also, part of their sleep quiz is also like, do you have back pain? Do you have hip pain? Do you have all that kind of stuff? You can tell them that. And so they, they can match you with the right mattress to make sure that you're sleeping well and, and help ease that pain. Well, I'll tell you what, I took that quiz, nailed it. I passed the flying <laughs> colors because my mattress is perfect for me has been perfect for me and i couldn't be happier since i you're I, a side sleeping fool uh, yeah so uh yeah check out helix sleep and you don't have to take my word for it i mean uh, i don't know how many thousands and thousands of people have given it a wonderful review also it's uh gq and wired magazine's mattress of the year not only in 2020 but last year in 2019 just go to helixsleep.com slash v-i-a-l-l take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. 
They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out with uh, for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will, as long as you ace that quiz. Just be honest. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you know? As Chris Harrison would say, if you're just honest and real, you will find love, and that is the love <laughs> of your mattress. I don't know about like in, in a relationship, but at least with your mattress, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L for up to $200 off and two free pillows. The best part of the new year is getting a clean slate and trying to meet your new fitness goals, and FitTrack is helping you do that. Obviously, people have been using scales for a long, long time, but your weight is just one small part of your overall wellness. There's things like your body density. Your BMI, your hydration levels, your muscle mass. Your muscle rate, your body water, your bone mass, your BMR, your protein rate, your metabolic age, your vascular fat index. A lot of good information that is available now with FitTrack. All you have to do is step on their scale, download their very easy app. I've been using it for three weeks now, and it's a lot of fun. Every day is a new challenge to see if I'm meeting my goals. And it's not just about weight anymore, is it now? Because there's all these other things I can use to make sure I'm doing what I want and what I need, not only with my diet, but my exercise, to make sure I'm maintaining and meeting those goals. With FitTrack, I can build better habits and make a real long-term lifestyle change versus a quick fix. Being able to compare my goals to the progress I'm actually making with FitTrack's measurements keep me accountable and motivated because I know my body better in the areas I need to focus on. The Dara Smart Scale can help me reach fitness goals eight times faster. Stop measuring weight and start measuring health with FitTrack. Go to FitTrack.com slash V-I-A-L-L and take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll get an additional 10% off. That's G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K dot com slash V-I-A-L-L to save 50% off, plus get an additional 10% off your order. Don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer. Get FitTrack.com slash V-I-A-L-L. I just always find it fascinating that for whatever reason we've decided we're supposed to figure out the rest of our lives I know. in the first third of our life. Well, I mean, and for me, it's also like, you know, I got divorced over two years ago, and but I was married for 16 years. And it's like the person I was when I met my ex-husband when I was like 25 is very, very different than the person I became at, you know, 30 and 35 and 40. And it was like, it's to your point, you're, uh, you, you change and evolve so much from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s, you know, and our, uh, you know, my, my marriage and that relationship just didn't make it through. I changed a ton, you know, mm -hmm. and what I wanted when I was in my 20s compared to what I wanted in my 30s and my 40s was, is very, very different. So I agree. Yeah. That statement. So in, in, your ex-husband helped you start dry yeah, bar. Yes. How like that must have been a challenge to face that yes. kind of realization. Um, you have kids, you had a business together. Yeah. Like, how did you come to that determination? I, I ask because, again, we have a lot of people who listen to the show who. Sure. That fear of moving on, how to let go. How do you um, yeah. kind of come to those decisions and make it and you know find the happiness that you felt maybe deep down that you deserved and nothing against your husband or the relationship no. it just yeah. maybe wasn't as right. nurturing yeah. for the both of you anymore well I mean I think that a lot of people end up staying in unhappy marriages because of a lot of reasons you know they're scared to leave it and it is scared it's like that wasn't probably the hardest decision I've ever made in my life um 
you know, but I felt like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't like the right thing for us anymore. And, you know, and it took a lot of um, courage, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, to decide to, to end the marriage. And I think, you know, like I said, a lot of women get stuck in this, like, what will my life look like with, without this marriage, without this, you know, that my partner and, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm not advocating for divorce. You know, I don't, I, it's like, it's funny because I have been somewhat public about my divorce and I get a lot of people who reach out to me and they're like, I'm really unhappy. I'm thinking about leaving my husband. Like, can you give me some advice? And I'm like, shit, no, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's like, I, I did what was right for me. And I think that you have to come to that yourself and you have to, you know, figure out it's it's a, it's an incredibly tough road and it was yeah. probably that first year after my divorce was like the most hellish year of my life i mean it was it was horrific and i you know and it's but on the other side i'm much 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 happier now than i've ever been in my life totally. you know i didn't know if that was going to happen or not it was like it was such a it was such a leap of faith to decide to do that but i just knew deep down, I wasn't happy. I knew he wasn't happy. And I also felt like that like unhappiness that we were generating was really bad for our children. As hard as the divorce was on our kids, because it was it was hard for them. I mean, it, you know, they're, they were old enough to understand it completely. You know, it was like, I just, I want my kids to grow up seeing their mom and dad in love and happy and what that looks like, where what we were showing them was like, even my kids say now, like, Oh, it's so good that you and Tag got divorced. You guys fought all the time, you know? And I was like, we did? I didn't really think we fought all the time. We just weren't that happy, you know, because we were so distracted with running the but, business. Yeah, and kids are intuitive and they feel the so energy. So intuitive. Yeah. And and so I think I got to the point where I was like, I don't think this is right for, this is good or right or healthy for any of us. And I think that I need to like take this leap of faith and, you know, and had I... <laughs> I mean, had I known what was on the other side, I don't know if I, I mean, I would have, I still would have, I just don't, I got right, so on, the other side. right on the other side. I mean, I got knocked yeah, but so on my ass. You can't worry yeah. about that. And it's funny. You said, I, I don't want to advocate for divorce. And I was thinking to myself, do I advocate for divorce often <laughs> on this show? But I don't, what I do, I think a, a lot, a big part of what we advocate for on this show is to uh, look past kind of the cultural shames and judgments that come with certain yeah. things in life like divorce, yeah. right? Because Yeah, I mean, I did not want I mean, talk about shame. I was like, I do not want to be a divorced person. I yeah. don't want that like label. It the felt label, like very like the scarlet the religious letter. kind of like I came yeah. up in a very Catholic family. There I don't think I don't think there's any like religion that is like divorce option one well, you know like go for go it, for it. Yeah. it's cool you know like it's I've, there's always this there's a shame yeah, there's a stigma and, and a stigma I, yeah and i'm just a big advocate of whatever whether it's divorce is divorce is one of those things but just the shame and guilt of doing something to your point yeah. that is scary uh is you know, in, in some regards, self-serving, but also could be beneficial for your circle around you. Yeah. And ignorance is sometimes bliss. I wonder if you would yeah. agree. Oh. Because like Are I talk about... That's like my tagline yeah. in life. I mean, I think about... <laughs> I, I did uh, uh, a podcast, um, The Bright Side. Uh, I was a guest. I don't think it's... Well, I don't know if it'll come out by the time this comes out. I don't know if I can know timing. But yeah. my point was, like, she was asking about, like, me moving to L.A. And I, I was working at Salesforce. And, and mm. I, had, I had a very, like, established life. I mean, I had yeah. a, the, the six-figure job, the career path. I liked the job, you yeah. know. And, like, work, the life happened. But if someone would have, like, 
said, okay, fine, you're going to move to LA and, and see what you can make of it. This is actually what's going to happen. Yeah. And laid it like, out. Ah! I've been like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to cut like, but not knowing enough mm-hmm. allowed me to take that risk. And, and there's something yeah. to be said about that because in the short term, it is uncomfortable and scary. You're just like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Um, so uncomfortable and scary. I mean, change, you know, it sounds so cliche, but change is always uncomfortable and scary. And so people stay away. People don't like change historically, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like the promise of what's on the other side. And I think for me, I felt like, you know, with all due respect to my ex-husband and I have a great relationship with him now. It didn't happen right away, but now we're, we're on really good terms. But like, I just was like, this is, this can't be it for us. For, for us separately like I you know and he, while there was like a lot of turmoil and it was hard at first he he you know he also knew that it was the right thing and we you know we just had some things that we couldn't you know overcome and it's like you, you know you just you, you want to be able to I wanted us both to be able to like get to something else that we weren't able to you know achieve in our marriage you know, you know it's just no it makes a lot of sense what are <laughs> what is something that um you know, whether it's divorce or even a breakup yeah. or or I guess whatever it is, what what was it that allowed you to persevere through those uncomfortable times? Because a lot of people yeah. will be like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Back out. it like falls to shit. The yeah. first, re- you know, the first thing that yeah. happens is that it gets harder, not easier. Yeah. They're like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. I, I regret, I, you know, and they, they run back to whatever it was that they were unhappy with, yeah. but was also comfortable, even yeah. if that comfortable comfort zone was still like unhappy and tumultuous Mm -hmm. like what was it that caused you to persevere well I mean I think I've always been very very um you know I know exactly what I want I know you know and I'm I'm pretty decisive on on the decisions I make and I'm not like a much you know go back to things I'm a pretty like this is what this is my decision and and sure there were moments in I mean, there was a lot of times when after my divorce that I was like, oh man, like this is, yeah, yikes, you know, where I was so depressed and I had never, I've always been like a pretty like happy-go-lucky person and I went through like, you know, I think it was like situational depression Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, to your point, like my, my life as I knew it was, was, was just so different and this, I mean, it was like, I know this sounds a little woo-woo, but I, I was doing a show and I met this guy who had written a book called like, um, I can't, I think I can't remember so energy heals, energy heals. I think that's the name of the book. And he was like, and he, so I know it's so LA. <laughs> it's and he was, he was like, he, <laughs> I was on the show doing an interview and then he was on after me and he got, and he was talking about this. And, and at this point in my life, I was like, if you, if you would have met me two years ago, I probably would have like told you the, like, it, like a lot of information you didn't want to hear. And I was very like, I would cry all the time. You know, I like could barely get my shit together enough to do this show, but I did the show and I talked to this guy after cause I was so, I was so interested in what he was saying. And I had done, I also did like all the stuff after my divorce. Like I went to like this place called Onsite, which is like an intense, intense therapy center, like outside Nashville where like they take your phone and you're like, in therapy sure. all day. I mean, just in, and I did all the stuff. And, it's like going on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> like transcendental meditation and all these things. Anyways, I meet this guy and he says to me, and I had, I had spent like probably six months doing like intense, like I was going to therapy twice a week. I was doing all the shit. And he said to me, your husband held an energy in your life that nobody holds anymore. And I was like, 
Oh my God, that what was does it. That mean? Well, he said, because I, people would say to me, like, you're grieving. You're grieving the loss of your marriage. And I was like, I am not grieving. Nobody died. Like, that's stupid. I didn't, I didn't like, I couldn't hear that. You know, I was like, he's alive. I'm alive. Nobody, nobody sure. died. You know, but, and I was like, and I wanted the divorce. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't understand this. Like, I'm supposed to be like happy. And my big plan was like, I was going to get divorced and I was going to be dating and I was going to have this super fun life. And that didn't happen. And then I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then when, I, you know, I had gone through therapy and I was coming through it. But this guy said that. And, you know, it was like because I had this partner, this person that I had been with for 16 years. It's like 16 years is a long time. It's a lot of time. Yeah, and so. <laughs> I can't do anything for three weeks. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's a long time. So now I'd had this person that even though I wasn't in love with anymore, that I was like, I would talk to every day and I would bounce ideas off of and we would raise the children together and all the things. And now it's like. Oh, now you don't have any of that. Like, you know, we weren't talking really. And you have to like figure out all the kid decisions by yourself. You're now, I'm now in a new house by myself. And it's like, everything was like by myself. And I was like, you know, it was very fucking lonely. Hey, and one more uh, useful thing that we have to help you meet your fitness goals. Beachbody On Demand offers over 1,500 at-home workouts plus nutrition plans. So no matter what your goals are, they have a program that'll help you build and keep healthy habits. This is the company behind P90X and Sanity and 21 Day Fix. Now check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like Muscle Burn Fat and 80 Day Obsession. And the great thing about Beachbody is they clearly have uh, a history of fun, invigorating, and successful workouts. So if you're looking to mix it up, have introduced new workouts in your routine, from the safety of your home, Beachbody is the place to go. Access anywhere, anytime. View workouts on your computer, your smart TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Comcast, and more. It's easy to work out. It, on the go, you can uh, clearly you do this on your phone. Sometimes a short 10-minute workout is all you need to maintain your wellness. Uh, so just mix it up. They can have they have uh, bodybuilding classes, weight training, cardio, yoga, uh, dance workouts, all that and more. Beachbody. Me personally, I've been using their weight training program. It's a, it's been a lot of fun. I'm trying to build up that muscle mass, and it's uh, been helpful for me because you know what I do? I do the same thing over and over again, and then you have your return on investment is has decreased. Your law of diminishing return, and Beachbody is helping me maximize my workout and maximizing the results of my workout, and it's been a lot of fun doing it. 2020 is behind us, so it's a new year that which means it's time to meet those new fitness goals. To get a special free trial, no obligation membership, text V I A L L to 303030. You'll get full access to an entire platform, all the workouts, nutrition information, support, absolutely free. Just text V I A L L to 303030. It makes sense because it sounds like hearing you talk that like you wanted to get divorced. Maybe there was a lot missing in the relationship, but there was still a mutual respect. And and we were, you yeah. know, we were very good friends. And yeah. even now. So I you mean, could fight, but you could be like, hey, I still want to ask your opinion and yeah, your question. And I'd now love, as a divorced couple, right. that was like there's boundaries that you had well, to start establishing. Had tons of boundaries. Yeah. It's like I couldn't. And in, and I, you know, as you come out of a divorce, you're kind of, it's kind of this like foggy, like, what can you ask and what can you talk about? And what can't you? And, you know, in the beginning, Cam is my ex-husband. He was like, I, I sometimes would talk to him about the kids stuff or whatever. And he's like, I don't know, you're on your own. And I'm like, what? Because, but that is a break that I needed. We did need to establish those boundaries. So I don't know how other people. Was that like a co-parenting decision? I don't know. I don't have I mean, kids. So I don't know how that works. Now we're, you know, we're, we're really great. And like the rules are the same at both houses and we talk all the time and things are great. But in those first few months, you know, we weren't really talking to each other. So we weren't parenting together, which wasn't great for anybody. I mean, those, 
those few first few months were like the wild wild west and it in a terrible way from like the guys were just mad at each other we were just not talking and so like the kids could play them like us off each other yeah. like there was like i what i was doing what he was doing was different and like i don't i don't know that there's like i i wish i wish we had done the beginning differently it was funny one one time i was we we were divorced right we were separated and i was in new york for work and I was having just like a really bad day and I actually called Cam like crying and was like I just feel so lost and alone and I don't know you know I was just really overwhelmed and he had the exact moment I called him he was listening to the the Gwyneth Paltrow podcast where she's talking about her divorce from Chris Martin and how I actually haven't even listened to this which I can't believe but how they really tried to like stay friends and for the kids and whatever. And he was like, I, you know, I do think that we need to kind of keep it together. And he was like very comforting to me in that moment. And that, you know, and so like there was fits and starts and like sometimes it was like that and sometimes it wasn't. But, you know, we we figured it out and we're, you know, we're in a good place. Like I'm happy to report we were all together for Thanksgiving. You know, my ex-husband, his new girlfriend, I live with my new boyfriend, his ex-wife. Everyone we're, gets along. Every, well, I mean, everyone... It's, it's together. Fine. It's fine. fine. <laughs> it's fine. And it was really for the kids. We're like, we want the kids and like everybody to be together. And it feels like this should be a family thing. And if, we, you know, I, I really wanted, I really facilitated that. I invited Cam. I invited my boyfriend's ex. So I was like, I think we should all be together. You know, I think that's what it should look like. It's going to be uncomfortable. You and even hard. had your boyfriend's ex come. You expanded the awkwardness. I did. Well done. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you find that Good was test. therapeutic? <laughs> Like at what point you're like, all right, it's too much. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's a lot. And it's like, it is a very, I mean, navigating, you know, a relationship with my boyfriend's ex-wife is, is really challenging. And, um, you know, navigating all of those relationships is really tough because they're not like any relationship you've ever known before. Like, it's not like a, like his ex-wife is not like a friend, like a normal friend would be to me. Like, but I want us to be friends, but I don't really it's an odd thing and same with his with cam's girlfriend it's just a weird i'm still figuring it's kind of, that it's out it's kind of like it's it's like sub siblings without the unconditional yeah. love <laughs> kind of yeah i mean like I, I but i'll tell you what's really interesting and fascinating to me about it is like all the kids so my boys are 13 and 15 and my boyfriend's kids are uh six and uh four they all are like thick as yeah. thieves they love each other they're like super comfortable together it's like it's great, but it's, it's like, like a forced friendship. Like a, such a beautiful. But there's no ego there, I'm yeah. guessing. But for, not for the kids. It's for the kids. It's like it took a little time, but they are like they genuinely all really like each other, and there's no awkwardness with them. They're like, oh yeah, that's. I'm my guessing because there's no ego. Yeah, yeah, probably. But for the exes, so like, there's got to like, be a force. It's like a forced friendship. Yes. Not only that, but the exes, yes, yeah, but but also with the exes, like you're like mature, like you get it. We're doing this for the greater good. Exactly. But there's still ego. There is, yeah. You know, and it's kind of like. I know it goes. And it, am and I still better than yeah, her? her know. You know, like the am comparison I, game is, is right? brutal. Yeah, like, you you're can't just like get into that. You know, like, your ego checks in. It's like I'm better, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm better. <laughs> like you're fine. You're great. I like amazing. You're like oh, I love your hair, but I'm better. <laughs> and meanwhile, that other person is probably like. I'm better than this bitch. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You said it, not me. Good for you for doing it. Though. Yeah, you know, I feel like, and we're going to all be together on Christmas too. So we'll see how that goes. That's 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 great. <laughs> Sounds fun. But you are now, 
you 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 have a boyfriend i do and it's going well yeah we've been together over a year and you know i think because code the craziness of covid like you know when, when everybody went into lockdown we were about i don't know five months or so into our relationship and we went fast and we're also like in our 40s and like you know it's like it's gonna be or it's not gonna be kind of thing and we were very like you know fell in love super fast and um and then with covid we were like you know we're gonna be we're kind of locked down we might as well be locked down together and you went for it we went for it and we didn't you know we didn't like officially move in then but like over the over the next few months we were like basically living together and then you know he officially gave up his place and we we moved in together and then we recently just bought a place in west hollywood together so and yeah. so how did I'm just, i am actually just curious because dry bar started with your ex-husband yes what's the have you been able to like draw those clear like do you still work with your is he still involved yeah i do i mean we're not i'm not involved in like the day-to-day -day like i used to be and i sure. haven't been for a couple of years and cam is has always done the creative work for dry bar but in the last i think it was like maybe two or three years ago that cam kind of branched out into his start his own agency so he now does all the creative work for dry bar but doesn't work in-house at dry bar and like we started another company called squeeze which is this massage concept where it's also a brick and mortar and the same founding team as dry bar but it's it's an app-based sure. well the the everything is app-based about it but it's an actual brick and mortar um so he that's a client so now he takes on outside clients but his like main biggest client is dry bar so um yes there's a lot of overlap still like i do all of our product videos and you know there's like a handful of things that i'm still pretty involved in that overlap with what he and his team does so you know be, in the initially like i was saying the early days were tough so he wouldn't he'd have he has a big enough team where he didn't have to actually show up to that he wouldn't show up to things like I was doing because we weren't like ready to be in a room together. But over time that changed and now we, we do things together all the time. Cam and Adrian, Adrian is my boyfriend now. Like they, they like each other and they have a good, nice relationship too. So yeah, my, I've, uh, my ex-girlfriend of years ago, uh, I, her now husband, like I've, we were, we, we were in the same friend group. Mm. So like there was never like a, like some of my exes, like I have, I don't know where they are. Like, yeah, I can, yeah. I don't know, yeah. but like with my last ex of years ago, like I was able to meet her ex, and it wasn't because we had kids or anything. It was just because we had mutual friends. Yeah. There was like, okay, I'm gonna meet your, ex. and I don't know. I, I was like, oh, you're cool, pretty cool. I would yeah. probably be friends. Yeah, that's uh, kind of how they are. You know, they like, they genuinely seem to like each other. You know, I mean, there is that like awkwardness because you know of me, but there is they do. Way they to do, ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Sorry, they do like each other, and it does. It does you know, work. And, and, you know, I remember my son, my older son, when I first started dating Adrian, he said something to Cam, like, aren't you mad? You know, this is when it was new. And he was like, aren't you mad dad that there's like another man that like is around your kids or something like that. Your son, my son, my 15 year old. And, and Cam's response was no, like, I think Adrian's really great. And I think, it, you know, I really like that you have another like strong man in your life. And I think my, I mean, I was like, holy shit very mature very amazing and and my it was so great for my son you know to hear that from his dad and i think it like gave him permission to be like okay i can like i can accept this guy and let him in and 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 my kids adore adrian you know and it's and it's uh -huh. it's not a competition they love their dad too but they you know yeah, big, they give uh, him different things 
big 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 shout big out to your family. ex uh, your ex husband for doing yes. that. That's probably what a gift he gave. Yeah, what a gift. Yes. What was it about you, uh, Adrian? Adrian. Bo- that you know, for someone who was married for so long, um, obviously, ex relationships are fantastic because hopefully we're supposed to like learn about what we liked and didn't like and then apply it to like (laughs) fighting, you know, future stuff. Yeah. Were you able to do that? And what were some of the biggest things for yourself that, you know, you were able to like, you kind of said like, well, you know, you're you're older. So like you figure out what you like and don't like easier. Right. And so if you're lucky enough to meet someone who fits, then you feel more comfortable saying, this is what I want to do. Yeah. It's a little different than when you're younger. You're just like, well, I love you. Yeah. So. But I don't know if you're like right forever. Exactly. (laughs) I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't know who you are, I think, when you're in your 20s and you don't realize that you're going to change so much. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that I I learned a lot about what I, you know, the kind of the mistakes that I made in the marriage and the things that I didn't, you know, I was like a big avoider, I think, in my marriage. You know, we were having issues and I think we both were avoiding a lot of the things. And, And like I said before, like dry bar became this big distraction and this thing that we focus and our kids you know it was like dry bar and the kids it was like our main focus and we didn't focus so much on our relationship you know to really kind of oversimplify it but um you know now I'm I, I think I'm a very different person having gone through the divorce and I think I softened as a person a lot because of the divorce you know it was like extremely humbling and like I said I I went through like this crazy depression and you know and I and I you know I have since like apologized to my ex-husband for a lot of the shit that I and that I did and the way I acted um and those were like pretty important lessons that I had to like really step back to learn um and you know things that I try not to bring into my relationship now you know but there are like hard old patterns that we have that are hard to break but I I'm aware of them now where I don't think I was aware of them in my marriage because Mm -hmm. I wasn't really looking at it um and my and Adrian is like a very evolved dude I mean he's he coaches like founders and entrepreneurs for a living and he's like you know (laughs) everything is a big conversation and he kind of doesn't let me get away with not talking about anything ever so we're we have such we have so much communication it's such open communication and so much honesty um which i think was something that was missing in my marriage that we weren't talking about things we were just kind of like being so he's kind of a ying to your yang he really is you might you're just kind of naturally more of an avoidant personality when it comes to, I which like is, I think I'm, it's fine. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I feel like I'm not. I loved it. I mean, I grew up in a big Jewish family, not big, but I grew up in a Jewish family and my parents like talked everything to death. And But but Cam wasn't really like that. And now, you know, Adrian is and he loves to like, we, we talk, you know, we wax poetic about shit all the time. And that's that's something that I, I, fa- I realized I didn't know that I wanted or needed in a partner, but that is something that is important to me, you know, is that there's there's no like stone unturned. We are talking about everything and nothing gets kind of, you know, pushed to the side, which I think was a mistake that I, you know, I made in my marriage that I, that I learned from. Uh, but I also find, because I'm more like your Adrian, where I'm like, just, just talk it out, just yeah. figure it out. In yeah. the past, that hasn't, in past relationships for me, like I was just annoying to that. Person. You know, it's <laughs> well, just like, he says that he says he'll say all the time, like, I know I'm being annoying and this yeah. is annoying. And sometimes I say to him, I'm like, babe, you got to pause. Like I, you got to yeah, stop yeah. talking. I need like I need to like calibrate and like 
process before you keep going, you know, and he says that he thinks he can be annoying. And I, I really don't think it's annoying. Sometimes I just get like flooded. Well, you and appreciate, but I'm sure to other people, I get, I'm guessing if I were to talk to him, I'm like, you've had other girlfriends who have been like, just, Enough. you got real fucking annoying, right? <laughs> yeah, you just want a good match, right? They, yeah, they were, and it's, and it's they so wanted true. a fight and he was like not willing, I'm guessing to like yeah, go he down that path. Like, he doesn't indulge in like, you know, I can like be a big fucking brat and I can like throw a fit and I, and he just like won't indulge in that yeah. shit. It's, which is I, awesome. I, I, I'd be curious talking to your ex-husband. If <laughs> you should have Adrian and Cam on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good <laughs> idea. Exit. Like, yeah, the exes. I mean, exes, well, no, like, not, not exes. Oops. I don't know how, what that, what that label is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have to, to, to think of it, but I'm guessing I'd be one no, the way you're describing him. If I'm similar, that he's probably good at not indulging in it now. Yeah. For me, when I was like more immature, you know, being like a fixer, like yes. the ego of thinking I can do this, mm -hmm. I would try to mm -hmm. and not be like, you know, what this person isn't ready to have this conversation. But I would, my stubbornness would meet their stubbornness, yes. and then I would either go down, I would, I would. I'd fall in that trap of doing what they're doing yes. and just get mad. It would be, it would make me really frustrated that I was talking to someone who didn't want to talk. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> I couldn't make them yeah. want to do what I wanted to do. That yeah. was on me. Yeah. But I really struggled with that as opposed to be like, you know what? I'm just not, you yeah. know, you're not ready. You guys, you and Adrian would have a field day talking. I mean, yeah. he's, you know, he's also different now than he was in his, you know, in his marriage and in his past relationship. Was he also married in the past? Yeah. And he has, he has two kids from that marriage and he wasn't married as long as I was, but you know, he was, you know, he also like, you know, was like, had, had, I don't really, I don't want to talk too much about his marriage because it's his, but you know, he definitely had things that he was avoiding and not dealing with too when he mm. like, like similar to like I did. I mean, this, our relationship is so new for both of us. And I mean, we say it all the time. Like we've never been in such a like open, honest relationship as we are now, sure. both of us. How'd you guys meet? We met through a matchmaker. Ooh. I know it was, uh, obviously it worked for you guys. What was did. that? What's the difference between like a matchmaker and like your normal dating apps? Well, I mean, I was using the dating apps and I just was like not meeting the right guys. It was like I would, but not like bad guys, but I would, I would meet like a guy who had like never been married. And like, for me, I was like, I don't, I think I need to be the guy who's like been married and like has kids and like is in like a similar boat mm -hmm. as me, you know? And then I'd meet guys who were like still wanting to have kids. And I was like, uh, that that ship has sailed like I'm not having any more babies and so you know it was like it was meeting guys who just didn't like want the same things as yeah it's as a non-negotiable yeah just... so you know so when I met this matchmaker and I was like wow this seems like a better route to get somebody who's like much like more specific to my needs of what I want I knew that I wanted you know a guy that you know, was like a, like a strong man who could like also deal with like all the complexities that I brought, you know, mm -hmm. is like, I, you know, I have this big life and I have two grown, well, not almost grown boys. And, you know, it's just like, there was a lot of complications, a lot of things that I need. I wanted a really like strong, very like sure of himself guy who was like established and, and successful on his own. Um, and, you know, I had, yeah, I mean, I had a couple, like a pretty like good list of things that I wanted and that's that was the beauty of you know working with the matchmaker that it was like oh you know you can get kind of we can try to find at least you know hmm. and of course there's just like the chemistry thing that has to work but yeah we. so for certain people you're obviously an advocate for the matchmaking process yeah 
I, I am. I mean, I think to have somebody, you know, help you like narrow down the pool mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. You're a woman. I am. You're very successful. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a couple of observations, kind of. You, nothing gets past you. Obvious observations. <laughs> um, there seems to be this stereotype or stigma, if you want to call it that, or thought process in society that uh, men or some men are intimidated by successful, strong-minded women. Yes. Do you find that to be true? Yes. You do? Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of like the dating problem. You know, I found that like there was guys that I met who, you know, had like their own success and they were like living their lives and like, you know, had like a nice, you know, livelihood and whatever. But then they'd meet me and they'd say, oh, wow, like you've done really amazing things and you have built this big business and you've been on Shark Tank and you blah, 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 you know, what all the things. And I, there was this kind of natural, like I could feel like they didn't, they just didn't feel like they, you know, they had gotten to the point where they wanted to get in their career and I, and I had. And so that was like an intimidating environment for them to be around. And that was my experience. The first like handful of guys I dated after my divorce was like, oh, yeah, you know. I, I think there were a lot of guys who were intimidated, which was weird to me because I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I don't, you know, it's like that all that shit doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm more concerned on you and who you are as a person and, you know, how much money you make or where you live and that kind of stuff that really doesn't matter to me. You know, I just want the kind of person I want. And there's a lot of guys who were just like, you know. Do you, I mean, and do you think that's just from a cultural standpoint, society has taught us that it's okay for a man to have this monstrous career and, and have that be an attractive quality rather than somehow yeah. as a woman, you almost have to apologize for your success. Did you feel that? Yeah. I mean, and I wasn't about to apologize for my success, but I, you <laughs> yeah. know, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, even if it's not like literal, I, but I, almost I like mean. of like, Oh, you know, uh, yeah, right. It's like, okay. like downplay it or yeah, something. It's just like, Oh yeah. my God, like it's fine. It's not, a, I'm not that big of a deal yeah. where like other guys like who aren't big well, deals will like a, act like, like they're yeah. a bigger deal than they really are. I it's, mean, there is such a double standard and you're right. It's like, you know, a rich, powerful guy, like, Oh, every girl wants to date that guy. Cause he's like, whatever, you know? And I, I actually like shied away from like dating, like the CEO types because I, you know, also, by the way, in my experience, I'm not, don't mean to stereotype, but I found those guys were also dating girls like, you know, in their 20s and 30s and they were in like their 50s. And I was like, what? What? I don't want to date that guy either, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I do think that there is this weird double standard. And I, you know, and I, I think I felt that when I started dating that men were like, you know, it was like to me, it was like. It, for Adrian was like so perfect for me because he's you know he's successful in his job and in what he's doing um but he's he's just a, such a strong man whereas like a lot of the men I I met were like they were okay at their jobs but they were like you know you have way too much success and that's not comfortable for me to your point mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah I, I was very like I guess like I should have maybe seen that coming but I, I didn't at first and I do think there's a there's a weird double standard about that. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I get asked that question a lot and I wonder if sometimes I'm not as objective as I could be because I, it just sounds weird, I've, I don't feel like I've ever been bothered by that. In fact, yeah. I feel like I've always been attracted to that. I've to successful women? Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, Which is great. I have a hard time surrounding myself with people without a purpose. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, I don't even care. Like, we're not dating romantically. Like, I just want you to, I'm passionate about whatever. I want to have passion about things or drive. Zest for life. It doesn't mean I always have it. Sometimes I feel very lost if I don't feel passionate about something. But I, I, I just... Like laziness is probably one of the most unattractive qualities oh, that I can find sure. in someone. So regardless of what you're doing, and it does, it's not a success level. It's just like uh, be passionate. About just something. be passionate yeah. about it. Like I find it really attractive when someone's just like, I'm just really excited about this or yeah. whatever. And it's so attractive. And like you know, women I've dated, um, it's, it's 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 a big deal for me. And yeah. so like when I've when I've when people have said it to me, other women, I've always been like, well, I don't think guys are like that, but it seems like some of them. I, yeah. I mean, and I get the sense, you know, I'm just a speculation that like there are not all men are like that. Like yeah. Adrian's like that. He loves like my, you know, my passion and drive and he loves like my zest for life and all of that. But I, I think my guess is like, there are a lot of men out there that like just want their, like their girlfriend or their wives to like, just, you know, just not have their own thing and just kind of support them which like by the way nothing wrong with that like you know to each his own you know it's just like it's kind of what makes you tick like you know like I said Adrian wanted that in a woman he wanted strong and be like someone who's going to go get shit done he loves that about me you know which sounds like you love that in a woman too I mean not all men do I mean which is why you know the world goes round. Yeah, I I guess you know and I have some friends where it's just maybe it's just the need I don't know I just I don't find it to be a very un. But I do think that there are men out there. I mean, I know there are that are just like you know want a different kind of woman that they want their woman to be like. You just you do you know they're they're intimidated by a strong woman, I, somebody I a little bit more submissive, in a sense. I just yeah. couldn't I couldn't spend that much time with someone that I couldn't value their opinion on a regular basis. Well, and you also like, you want them to have their own thing uh, and you oh. want them to not like be like waiting on you for whatever. You that, know? And I also want to be like, hey, what do you think about this and yeah. value their opinion? Right, of course. Hard to do if you're just on someone to just be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, I, I don't, yeah. So what do you think for women out there who are listening to this and saying, oh my God, Allie's my animal spirit. I have all these big dreams. I'm this big personality. I'm a lawyer, doctor, whatever. And they find the same struggle. Like their experience in dating has been guy after guy is uh, feels emasculated by their success. Like what are some things that you think they should do in their dating life to, you know, weed out those people? And, and what are some things that you, you've been able to find? You know, I mean, well, maybe there's fine. Go get a matchmaker. But yeah. just more, yeah. you know, not wasting certain we're not wasting your time. Yeah. Like in yeah. Like, what, what were some things? Well, that you I mean, would say I think that you can, I think that you can very quickly tell like the kind of guy who's like really interested. I, you know, it's that it, those first conversations is a guy for me. It's like, I want a guy that's like asking a lot of questions about me versus telling me a lot about him. You know, it's like show that you're really in, like when you're out there in the dating scene, like if a guy is like really genuinely interested in like what you're doing and what you're passionate about, I think that's a good sign that like mm. he is, you know, the kind of guy that wants to support you and wants to like be part of it and not going to get intimidated. Um, in my experience, guys who are, you know, talking about themselves extensively and are like seem very, have very little interest in like what I'm doing is like, uh, it's a red flag. Like you're, this is how it's going to be. I and mean, you can tell a lot from those, you know, that first date, those first conversations. Or like a one upper. 
Yeah. You like, know, all exactly. of a sudden they finally ask you a question yes. about yourself. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, let me tell you why I'm also doing something you should yeah. be impressed by. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, like with, with Adrian, like our first interaction was on the phone and I, you know, I'm such a texter and I remember like we first, we did start texting and then he called me kind of out of the blue and I was like, why are you calling me? Like, don't, I don't, what? Like, you know, but then we, we ended up talking and the very first time we spoke on the phone, it was like for five hours and we talked and we talked and we talked and, you know, he asked me tons of questions and he really like, it felt to me like he really wanted to know me and who I was. And that was very attractive to me. And that wasn't like something I had experienced a lot of. It was to your point, a lot of guys were like very like puff, you know, puffing their chest and telling me all the things about them. And that I think was a, is a good indication that that's not the right guy. Yeah. Wow. I think tough, she would have like, she would have benefited from your like voice note conversation because I think that like, she probably would have really benefited from that. Do you use voice note notes? Sometimes. It's great. What do you, what, what is this like a thing? Uh, I want it to be more of a yeah. thing. It's, it's one of those things for some reason we did like a whole episode on it. Do you remember like when FaceTime first came out, I found that a lot of people were like, that's weird, mm -hmm. very resistant to it. Mm -hmm. And now it's just it's seen, thing. it's, well, it's almost just like, why would you talk on the phone yeah. to someone that you could FaceTime, that, especially if you're trying to have more of a intimate, like I don't Connected like, I don't FaceTime my manager. Like it's yeah. just like, you know, tell me what you want, but just a more personalized conversation yeah. with someone you're trying to have a more personalized conversation. I text whatever, it's dangerous, whatever, you know, but like voice notes is a way to like, Especially oh, in an like early in text. Yeah, in an yes. early dating situation. Yes. I just think it's a nightmare to text and much safer to do a voice. Read the tone. Can't read I the tone. actually did date a guy right before I met Adrian who did that and we were texting and then he all of a sudden sent me a voice voice note and I was like, "Whoa." Whoa. And I was like, "Oh, I can hear his voice." And and you're right. I did I was like, "Oh, I like his voice." And I I actually liked this guy and I was like, Oh, am I supposed to do that now too? And then I did. And it was like one of the first times I had done yeah, it. It's weird. It is weird. But, but it is like, you're right. It is like his whole point was like, well, you can like get a feel for me based on my voice and, 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 you know, vice versa. So I, I, more yeah, intimate. I think there's, I think you're right. It is more intimate. You're totally right. And it's like funny when you mentioned FaceTime because like my kids don't call me, they FaceTime me. They never call me, yeah. They but they always FaceTime me. And sometimes I'm like in an interview or sometimes I'm doing, I'm like, you guys chill with the FaceTime. But I but I love it too, especially like when they're at their dad. Closing up, I mean, I guess what are some things um, that you feel like you should leave the audience with that you've learned from, that uh, it's been really successful for you? I mean, this has been a great and fun conversation just because I feel like so many people listening are going to relate, relate to the things that you've experienced with but uh, yeah just final thoughts on on how to have a life more like Allie <laughs> well well just the good stuff I guess yeah, I, mean, I mean but I think the bad stuff's important too you know I mean I think I guess if if there's there's any like takeaway I think I, that I've for me and what I've learned it's like you know just really really following you know your gut and your intuition and I know people say that all the time but it, I mean I think that like you you really have to like go deep and figure out like, you know, are you living like your best life? Are you living the life that you want or are you settling because you think that's what you should be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, I, I was settling for a little while. I also had, was building this big business and doing this thing. And that was, that was my focus for so long. But 
you know, I think, you know, my, my best advice to people out there is like, like I said before, like life is short. And like, if you're in, you know, an unhappy marriage and maybe don't get divorced, but maybe try to fix it, you know, and, and it does rub off on your kids. And, um, and if you're in a job that isn't like fulfilling, change it, you know, I'm, I'm such a big believer in like, kind of keep reinventing yourself and keep trying to figure out something that makes you happy both professionally and personally and you know obviously in this like crazy time that we're living in it's like we we happen to have a lot of friends who are going through divorces right now and people who are like you know having a really hard time but I think there is the silver lining in all of it is like it is a really reflective time we we Mm -hmm. have more time to ourselves than we've ever really had it's like like use that time to like kind of redefine yourself and figure out you know what's best and next for you yeah I, I i totally agree um i haven't been divorced but i I've, i still think the time i when i was first engaged and got broken up with and found out i was cheated on well that all sucks and i thought it would never happen to me it was easily the most like reflective and maturing yeah. part of my life for sure i mean it's like humbling darkness the humble the light. yeah, yeah the true. humbling experience like okay that can happen to me oh yeah. okay yeah and it that's does fine it's good it's, it's really good. good i mean i think it's good to get knocked down like that not i mean i'm sorry that happened to you no but no it's great it I, is... I personally could use that it was fine yeah I, I mean me too i mean having gone through like what i went through in my divorce and having to like deal with that was like oh wow like being knocked on your ass can be really good for you and again very therapeutic and you grow a ton from it yeah and uh, power through those down yeah. down times yes i mean i feel <laughs> i feel like there was like so many years where all you know like well there was like a good year it was like me and my friends kind of joked about like you know the only way through is through and that was like you know it really was like you have to go through it i i really tried to like circumvent I really tried to like, how, what's like the fast pass? What can I do? Because that's just like what I know. Yeah. But I was like, fuck, I really just have to go through all this. And I did. And it sucked and there and it sucked really bad. But I came out on the other end much stronger. Well, that's awesome. And, and thank you for sharing that story because I, I, I know that a lot of people listening are going to find this to be motivating and uh, a little glimmer of, of hope uh, <laughs> so. and motivation. Sorry for all the husbands who are about to get served divorce <laughs> papers. <I'm, laughs> I mean, listen, it's a, we, like you said, we don't advocate for it, but sometimes it is necessary. Yeah. And I think sometimes people avoid uh, making the changes out of fear of yeah, the unknown sure. shame guilt regret, and I would say to like people, know, if anybody out there listening, who's on like unhappy in their marriage or on, Things they might be on the brink of divorce like just now's the time to get really honest you know I mean I Adrian and I actually did a live this week about that and we talked a lot about that like you just have to like you might be scared to tell your partner or husband whatever that you know you don't like this or that and you're unhappy about it they may not understand that and they may not know that so I feel like just come clean with everything and you'd be surprised like how far it'll get you awesome yeah where can people find you Ali Webb on Instagram, A-L-L-W-E-B-B. Um, that's probably the best place to find all the things that I have going on. I have, I'm writing, I'm working on a new book right now. I have a TV show in the works and I have all sorts of fun projects. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Awesome. You also have a podcast. Oh, shit. Yes. I have a Probably a good place to plug <laughs> yeah. podcasts. That yes, that's why I'm here. Oh my god, um, I I'm like thinking so much about like personal and relationships. Um, Adrian and I have a podcast called Raising the Bar, where we interview entrepreneurs, impact leaders, and then we have 
once a week we drop one that's called shit that bugs us or shit that we love where it's kind of talking about this kind of stuff like relationships mm -hmm. and customer service stuff that like bugs us about the world and customer um, service i could talk a lot yeah about. i mean oof, that's like a huge one for us and like kind of like a lot of if you listen they're like 15 minute episodes they're really short but they're usually like the things that we find that annoy us about like when you walk into a restaurant and you walk into a store and people are shitty to you like just don't do that it's yeah. easier to be nice and I'm going to give you my money. Be nice to me. You know? people are like, sorry, stuff. we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You, yeah. You don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Just say that to me. Yes, exactly. I've made people admit that to me or, or I don't want, they don't want to admit to it to me and then they give me what I want. Well, it's funny because like Adrian will do that. We'll be in a restaurant and you know, somebody's not, someone does like something stupid like that and he's like, he'll say, but no, but you can. And, and I'm always like, babe, they don't think they're not empowered to like they, you know, they're, and they will give you this like bullshit answer. Like, well, that's not our policy. And whatever. It's like, it doesn't really matter. You just, you know, you're just like, you don't really care. You're not getting paid enough to care. And, yeah. You know, and you're the only, the only thing you have the power to say is no, yes. which. And then the like, I'm sorry you feel that way, which is like my least favorite thing on the entire earth. Like, I'm sorry you feel that way is like, I hear you should ever say that. You know, yeah. We were like, I understand you're upset. Yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I understand what you're saying. It's the worst. Still can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying can't. I'd rather you just tell me I don't want to help you. Yeah. And I'd actually be. <laughs> no, I, honesty. It's like, just yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yes. It's like, hey, listen, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. But I get it. Or I might get fired if I do that. Then you're like, okay, shit, I don't want to get this person fired. But don't just be a dick. Yeah. So there should be a podcast called Don't Be a Dick. Coming <laughs> well, soon in 2021 on, on the Vile Files. Atlee, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks so much for coming yeah, on. It's been a ton me. of fun. Yeah. Um, check out her podcast. And, um, and her bar. her and Adrian's podcast. Yes, not, Raising the Bar. Just, yeah, we want to give Adrian the yeah, show out. Give him some love. Raising the Bar on, on the show. You on guys all, on all podcasts forming. Yeah, I listened you... to it today on uh, Spotify. Oh, and you did? I also checked it out on iTunes. Oh. I confirmed it. It's on both of those. Oh, thank you for that. So. Well, you've said, you said it. You heard it here, people. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Yes. As always, it's been a ton of fun. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. But send your questions at asknick at castmedia.com. Cast with a K. <laughs> and if there's nothing else, we will see you. Thank you.